Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It's the 21st of December, 2023, Thursday. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff, and supporting the program, patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Five bucks a month gets you bonus content, gets you entered into contests, gets you all sorts of stuff. Uh, speaking of bonus content, I uh, am filming... The uh, Sean Spicer podcast in a bit. I don't know if it will have been posted yesterday or if it's going to be posted today. All I know is that I had to comb my hair because it's a video podcast. It's also audio podcast. So if you're in the market, I like Sean. Sean's a good dude. Check out the Sean Spicer podcast. I'm part of a panel. I'm not even sure how long it's going to go, but... Uh, it should be fun. It's usually fun with Sean, even though he's short. All right, let us uh, get, I went really long yesterday, so let us get to the program so that I can let you get to your Thursdays, which gets you that much closer to Friday, and I hope you're not working, well, you're not working Monday. I hope you uh, have some time off to spend some time with some family. I hope that works out for you. Okay, the big, you know, there's nothing going on in the world at all today. Oh, yeah, except for the fact that the Colorado Supreme Court has kicked Donald Trump off the ballot there in the primary, saying that the 14th Amendment applies, that he led an insurrection, and and you're going to hear all sorts of worthless dime store legal analysis on this, there are going to be people on the left who say, of course he led an insurrection. He can't be on there. The 14th Amendment applies to him. Oh, my God. Saving our democracy. We must save our democracy by denying people choice. It really, I, this is just going to make Trump stronger, to be honest with you. I think the left knows that. I do firmly believe that they want to take him on because most of his wounds are self-inflicted. And that's what you want in an opponent. Because your guy, the Democratic standard bearer, Joe Biden, is going to be self-destructing and deteriorating in front of everybody. So you need somebody on the other side who will do the same, so you at least have a shot. So I think they think that is, is Trump, who steps on a rake after stepping on a rake after stepping on a rake constantly. That being said, this you have to remember, there are people on the right who are rightly, I believe, pointing out that this will be overturned by the Supreme Court. And that's why I am not amongst the people who are pearl clutching. There are bad, everybody's like, this is a threat to democracy, this is terrible, this is horrible. It's a stupid, bad decision. Why, you know, Democrats won Colorado by, what, 14, 15 points in 2020? Donald Trump was never going to be a factor in Colorado. They went to Colorado and they sued in Colorado because exactly for this very reason, because this Supreme Court would side with them. This Supreme Court is going to be overturned because this Supreme Court in every single case against Masterpiece Cakes, there have been like three, four, maybe five of them at this point. Masterpiece Cakes is the guy who doesn't want to make gay wedding cakes, all right? He doesn't want to participate in that. He didn't want to make gender reveal party cakes for adults who are freaking out and having midlife crises and chemical imbalances or whatever. He didn't want to do that. Just 
his religious beliefs forbade him from doing that. And the Colorado Supreme Court ruled against that guy every single time. And the Supreme Court said no and flicked it away like a booger. And then the Supreme and then the Colorado Supreme Court a couple of times the the US Supreme Court said, No, you did this wrong, kicked it back down to the state Supreme Court, and then they did it wrong again. And then the Supreme Court gave him the back of the hand. This court is not interested in the law. It's not interested in the Constitution. It is interested in the left-wing political agenda. It is all Democrats on the Supreme Court. That it was a divided by one court on this issue is a bit of a miracle. But it tells you that this case is cut and dry. See, when it's cut and dry, conservatives are all for it. And then there's a possibility that some liberals will be for it sometime, every once in a while. This case should be all liberals for it. But when it is a gray area, when it is, well, when it's cut and dry in the other direction, liberals split. Because there's always a faction of liberals who just look at things and go, I don't give a damn. I'm going to impose my will. This is my chance. I could take revenge against everybody who called me fat in high school or whatever else has been bothering them since puberty. That's how the left operates. That this was a one-vote decision lets you know that realistically, fair jurists will just toss this out. Now, I don't know about the Supreme Court. A lot of people are saying the Supreme Court will cost this out nine to nothing, nine to nothing. That would be nice. That would be nice. But the clowns that are on the Supreme Court now on the left, I don't know that they have it in them. I really don't. The Democrats, uh, the Democrat appointees, I don't know that they have it in them. They're not really, I mean, hell, they can't even tell you what a woman is. Why the hell would they be able to read the plain language of the 14th Amendment? Or forget the plain language of the 14th Amendment about insurrections, which is why, by the way, Democrats insisted on calling January 6th an insurrection from the beginning. They deliberately chose that word. It was not an insurrection. An insurrection would require a plan at a minimum. There's no plan. It's just pissed off people being jerks. But they had a plan. And the Constitution specifically and expressly notes insurrection. So Democrats said, yes, we must. We must call it this. It will be. We can get rid of Donald Trump that way. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. That's why they did it. But it'll be tossed. It should be tossed. It'll be tossed by the conservatives in the Supreme Court. It'd be nice if the leftists on the Supreme Court joined it. But I just want to remind you that it is the same court that has been overturned and overruled and smacked down and admonished by the Supreme Court multiple times, every single time on Masterpiece Cakes. So we're not dealing with a court that has a precedent where you got to worry like, well, maybe they found some rationale for this. No, they didn't. The freaking decision is 213 pages. You don't need 213 pages to make a clear, concise legal ruling. You need 213 pages to, excuse my French, bullshit your way to your conclusion that you had in mind before you even started this case. That's why you come up with 213 pages. So I... I see all of these people, they're absolutely outraged, and there is outrage to be had about this. I just can't share it because I know that this is going to be overturned. 
And I know that this is going to make Democrats look even worse than they already do. The American people are paying attention. They do pick up on things eventually. You sit there and you watch all these left-wing mutants talk about Republicans want to divide, Republicans want to divide. Meanwhile, all they do is pay attention to skin color, sexual orientation, gender, all the other stupid things that people make up to divide individuals. And you sit there and you go, the Republicans want to divide. That's not, that's, but you are the one calling them monsters. You are the one calling anybody who disagrees with you a monster. That's not very uniting. You're calling them racist. Meanwhile, veterans, U.S. veterans, are being kicked out of homeless shelters to make room for illegal aliens. Right? You're making, you, you can't use affirmative action on college admissions anymore. And so you are scrambling to find new and creative ways to use race as an admission criteria. But they're divisive. They're fighting for everybody being treated equally, regardless of their skin color. And you're saying, no, people need to be treated differently because of their skin color. Which one is more uniting? Which one, by the way, is more condescending? Which one sits there and looks at black people and goes, there's no way you can get ahead. You can't learn. You can't learn. This is white people learning. So you can't learn the way white people do. We need to have a lower bar for you to get entry into, say, colleges or something like that. And you sit there and you go, um, that's, that's a pretty racist shit right there, right? Isn't that right? Wouldn't you look at that? Look, black people can't get ahead, says the white lady. Without our help, says the white lady as she polishes her imaginary halo. That's kind of a problem. That's kind of some racist crap, in my opinion. But that's where the left lives. People are picking up on this. Those Republicans are fascists. They want to end democracy. So democracy is really on the ballot. Vote for us or democracy ends. That's not how democracy works. No, no, no. Vote for us or it's the end of democracy because if you vote for them, they're going to end democracy. How are they going to end democracy? Donald Trump, for all his flaws, and he has lots of flaws, when he lost in 2020, oh, he sure bitched about it. He kicked and screamed about it on the way out the door. But he went out the door. He wasn't thrown out the door. He walked out the door and he left. That is not the act of a tyrant. That is not what a dictator would do. I don't, I don't, who are these dictators on the left that the left is comparing them to? The, like the most polite dictators? You ever seen a concession speech from an actual dictator? Have you ever seen a dictator leave office and then try to run again for office? No, they try to seize power. They don't let go of power. They would try to, I don't know, disqualify their political opponents and things. Oh, yeah, wait a second. See, at a certain point, even the blind begin to see what is really going on. You can't have a president with a 38% approval rating or 36% approval rating, whatever it is, because of just because of bad policies. 
it's also bad politics. It's also bad actions. People are picking up on this. People are listening to these people hyperbolically whine. They remember Donald Trump was history's greatest monster. He was the most corrupt president in history. And yet Donald Trump has not been convicted of anything. Where is it? Watch any Rachel Maddow monologue. Watch any declaration by some leftist. You watch all of these assholes over there on the left. Flip to MSNBC and you will hear Donald Trump is the most corrupt man. He is a dictator. He is this. He is. Okay, where is the proof? It's weird because you can show them checks from Frank Biden to Joe Biden for $200,000 the same day that Frank Biden gets $200,000 from China through a series of LLC shell companies. And everybody goes, that's nothing. That's just a loan repayment. Was there any loan made? Doesn't Don't start asking. You're such a conspiracy theorist. They can immediately dismiss that. Actual evidence. But they can't deal with the idea that, you know, well, they just declare Donald Trump is, has, is corrupt because he has to be corrupt. Why does he have to be corrupt? He just has to be corrupt. Look at him. Do you have any evidence? He is corrupt. It is taken as an article of faith. You will not find cult members willing to cut off their testicles who are more devoted to their cause than leftist media types are devoted to the prospect that Donald Trump is corrupt. All any of these people ever have to do to have their faces sandblasted over the head of George Washington on Mount Rushmore is prove that Donald Trump is corrupt, prove some kind of connection, direct influence from Russia to Trump. Somehow Donald Trump took money from this, that. Just find that, find that proof, find a smoking gun, find a fingerprint, find anything. Get anybody willing to say, yes, we were selling access. Oh boy, howdy, we were selling decisions. We did. Find somebody willing to say that and you will forever be a hero. Rachel Maddow will get your face stat tattooed right in the small of her back. You will be her tramp stamp for all of eternity. But they haven't. They haven't. And it's not for lack of looking. Donald Trump may well be the most investigated human being in the history of bipeds walking upright. And they haven't found anything. The charges that they've ended up bringing against him are all kind of bullshit charges. You mishandled classified documents. Did he? Probably. Probably. It was pretty stupid, but there are also a million classified documents. And as proven by Joe Biden having them back from when he was in the Senate, um, it's not that serious of a thing. It depends on what you do with them. And, uh, you know, that, that'll be dismissed. But they're charging one guy and not charging another guy. One guy did it for decades. The other guy did it once. And the guy who did it once is getting charged. And the guy who did it for decades is getting a massage. They're also charging Donald Trump with inflating his, his value of his real estate. So what? As Trump says, rightly so, none of the banks complained. There is no harm. 
There is nobody. It's like jaywalking in the middle of the street when there's construction and the road is closed, right? You didn't go to the corner. You walked in the middle. Well, the road is closed. There's literally no traffic. It doesn't matter. Jaywalking. It's wrong. It's not wrong. There's no crime. There's, there can't be a crime without a victim here. The banks were repaid. The banks were happy. They would be the ones to complain, and they're not complaining. Well, the other one, the, uh, by the way, the, uh, the Colorado Supreme Court saying he incited an insurrection. Donald Trump hasn't even been charged with inciting an insurrection. He has just been declared to be guilty by Morning Joe to have tried to incite an insurrection. It's another danger. It's weird. The same media that insists that they, as they're showing you video of somebody beating the hell out of somebody else, say a, a, a Biden voter, a Democrat beating the hell out of an elderly Asian woman, or some BLM protester throwing a Molotov cocktail at police, they say, the person is alleged to have done what we're showing you them doing. Why? Because they haven't been convicted yet. And if they are not convicted, then they're, if they're acquitted, then technically, although doubtful that these people would have the wherewithal to do it, then they could technically go and sue because these media organizations declared them to be guilty when they were not, in fact, found guilty by a jury of their peers. Now, it's weird because Kyle Rittenhouse was a monster who was murdering people left and right. They had no qualms about that one. But somebody on the left who is chanting death to Israel, who is, I don't know, beating up Jews. Like, well, they're alleged to have beaten up Jews. And you can see them here allegedly throwing a right and a left and then kicking the Jew to the head. Allegedly. Alleged, they're very clear about that. But Donald Trump is declared guilty because they need him to be guilty. There's no concern about that. It's a difference between being a citizen, a private citizen, and a public figure. A public figure, you can pretty much say anything you want. You can pretty much say anything you want about them. And you have to prove actual, it's a very high bar. Most cases are tossed out. Whereas private citizens, you uh, can sue and win. You can't defame private citizens. It just cost Rudy Giuliani $148 million. He'll never pay that, but you get the idea. But as we're living in this world of all this crap that Democrats are trying to pull, the straight-up hypocrisy, it is not lost on the American public. It is not lost in any way, shape, or form on the American public. They're picking up on this. And that's impacting, that's seeping into the polls, that's seeping into people's perceptions. Joe Biden is as pure as the wind-driven snow, and Donald Trump is corrupt. Well, we've got evidence, maybe not ironclad evidence, but certainly worthy of a further investigation of payments being made to Joe Biden. We have nothing about payments being made to Donald Trump. Nothing. Yet Donald Trump is declared to be guilty, and Joe Biden is declared to be innocent. They are looking extensively into Donald Trump, and found nothing, corruption-wise. It's a lot of cringeworthy things, but nothing corruption-wise. And Joe Biden, they don't look into him at all, and they simply declare him to be pure. This isn't lost on the American public. 
They might not be able to define it. They might not be able to explain it. They might not be able to articulate a clear and concise message about it, but they pick up on it. People pick up on it even if they aren't following it. And that impacts things. That impacts people's thoughts and feelings about things. Like I say, it's one after the other, after the other, after the other. They see Joe Biden walking from the helicopter and they go, that is the way a really unstable old man walks who is terrified. He is absolutely focused on not falling, which is a good thing for an 81-year-old to focus on. Don't fall. But it's different when it's you know your grandfather versus... The president of the United States. When you got a guy who doesn't have the energy and he goes out there and reads these things that are prepared for him and then gets lost on stage or when he goes off his notes, he goes and completely says that gets names wrong, gets events wrong. Like this isn't just I can't remember if it was uh, 20 years ago or 25 years ago. This isn't that. This is I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I don't know these people I'm supposed to know. I don't, I can't remember. It's gone. Wildly different. Very important to note the difference. The people pick up on things, especially, look, you can pull the wool over people's eyes for a very long time, but sooner or later, the sheep is naked and you got nothing left but the truth. That's it. And we are to that point. And that's what's got Democrats terrified. That's how you end up with that Axios story yesterday about uh, the people are worried in the White House that the president isn't resting enough. The president is resting enough. The president is... Actually, no, I'd like the president to rest even more, to be honest with you. But uh, that's different. <laughs> but to say that he is uh, not resting enough is insane. He's constantly resting. His life is napping. Boy, it's weird. When you Google President's Daily Schedule, the uh, suggestions that come up, none of which are President's Daily Schedule. You get Vice President's Daily Schedule, but who gives a damn about what the pre Vice President is doing? It's like they don't want you to know what the president and the results are all kind of bastardized. you got to dig and try and find things. Let's see. Here's Joe Biden's busy, busy schedule for today. Uh, 9 a.m., president receives a presidential daily briefing. 9.35, president departs the White House en route to Joint Base Andrews. 9.55, president departs Joint Base Andrews en route to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 11.45, President arrives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 1.45, President delivers remarks at the Wisconsin Black Chamber of Commerce. Boy, yeah, who's dividing? Uh, by the way, the Milwaukee, or the Wisconsin Black Chamber of Commerce, I wonder if they have any thoughts about all the black-owned businesses that were allowed to, probably not, because progressives are progressives first. 3.55, President departs Milwaukee and we're back to Joint Base Andrews. 5.40, President arrives at Joint Base Andrews. 6 p.m., President arrives at the White House. That is the entire public schedule of the President of the United States. It involves 
9 a.m., somebody talking to him, and then a flight to where he will read a speech and then going home. That's it. Jill is very, very worried about his schedule, that he's being overworked. Is this being overworked? What is this piece of crap doing? He's barely able to do this. He gets to sleep in, get talked to, which he can skip, by the way. They, can, they skip that and they can give him a one-page piece of paper to read later. So he really has to be up by like 9.15 since everything is, his clothes are all packed for him to get on the helicopter where he can fly over to it's only a 20-minute flight to Andrews. And then he gets on Air Force One. There's a bed on Air Force One. He can go watch Matlock and, and sleep all he wants until he has to get up, ride in the car, read a speech, go back to bed. People pick up on these things. As much as Lester Holt and the hairdo David Muir and and I don't even know who the hell does. Does Nora O'Donnell do his CBS News? Whatever. As much as they want to cover for the president, as much as all the print outlets and the White House press corps want to cover for the president of the United States and pretend, boy, howdy, he's vim and vigorous and look at him and as many questions as Scott Pelley can ask and answer at the same time, people pick up on things. They notice things. This is not being lost on us. So as these leftists scream about the fascism of Donald Trump while they try desperately and celebrate getting him thrown off the ballot in Colorado temporarily. People notice that. People notice that, you know, Donald Trump is a monster who surrounds himself with anti-Semites and he's Hitler. And then you've got Democrats in the streets calling for the death of Israel, calling for the eradication of Jews around the world, supporting terrorists. People pick up on these sorts of things. There are all sorts of problematic things and curious things and less than good things that Donald Trump has done and the people around him have said this poisoning the blood of the country is just a stupid turn of phrase. It's just a stupid turn of phrase. It's unnecessary. But it's not chanting in the streets Death to Israel, keep the world clean. It's weird watching these people scream these things, demand these things, and you go, Donald Trump's a fascist? You're literally taking the Nazi playbook, and Donald Trump is fascist. You're acting the way Stalin did and Mao did. You are sending people in a frenzy. Now, not at the rate that, say, Mao did during the uh, Cultural Revolution, but you send people to the streets, a ready-to-be-violent mob. And you're not... Look, violent mobs, sometimes they dissipate. Sometimes they never boil over. But if nobody is willing to stand up to these people, and these people still continue and go to the street, and foreign enemies like China and Russia can use social media to stir up insane sentiment and make it boil over. Eventually, there will be problems. These riots, these mass lootings, these are all part of this. These are stirred up by idiots online. 
usually with a seed planted in them from some nefarious. I mean, actually, now you just have to look at the news and go, why the hell wouldn't I raid a target? There's no crime in it. You're not charged with it. Why the hell wouldn't I steal a car? You're not going to be charged with anything. What is it? I want to see this. I, I, I tweeted something yesterday. I was reading a story about, um, I can't even remember what it was technically about. It was about crime and how crime wasn't really as bad as they said. And they said, if you put aside the carjackings, which are 15% or whatever, uh, up 15%, like that's a pretty significant increase. Let me see if I can find this. Here it is, NBC News yesterday. Uh, earlier this year, Target said it was closing nine stores in four states because of theft and organized retail crime made them too dangerous to run. But a CNBC investigation found the uh, closed locations generally saw fewer reported crimes than others nearby. Now, you go and you read this story, and they don't really tell you their methodology, and they don't... Look, there's one thing to say that every once in a while some kid shoves a candy bar in their pocket. That counts as retail theft. And it's another thing where people on social media just organize, hey, let's get 100 people and just raid a target. It's a little bit different, and you don't see the difference. You can have you know, a, a store have things stolen out of it every day because stores have things stolen out of them every day. It's different and worse from a retail perspective when a store is raided and looted, right? Even if it's only just once, it kind of only takes just once. But the the Democratic media doesn't want to admit that. Why? Because Democrat voters tend to be the ones who are doing these. There's no band of, they always refer to them as, as uh, youths, teens, whatever. There's no band of conservative teens or even suspected Republican voters going into a Walmart and saying, let's light this bitch up. Nobody's doing that. So you read the story, and this is what I tweeted in response to this story and in sending out this story. I said, when you use the line, quote, overall theft, excluding car theft, was down 15% in Oakland. You're really showing how desperate you are to make an argument no one really gives a damn about anyway. You have to, this is how they, they work it and say, well, inflation is down if you don't look at gas prices, you don't look at energy prices, and you don't look at food prices. Like, well, what the hell else is there to look at? Uh, you know, uh, the price of socks or the price of durable goods from one industry to another that no real human being sitting around worrying about paying their mortgage has to deal with? Huh. Yes. You control the unit of measure. You control everything. If you remove car theft, then theft is down 15%. But if you factor in car theft, uh, crime is up. Theft is up about 70%. In Washington, D.C., car theft is up like 200% or something like that. Carjackings. You go to these stores, see Target doesn't want to open a store, doesn't want to keep a store. And for all their wokeness, they recognize that they need customers to keep a store functioning. And customers are not going to go to a Target if, say, that Target had been looted and destroyed. Or there's a better than average chance that just on their way to that Target, some asshole is going to come out and jack their car. 
right? I would If I lived five minutes from a target where there was a 10% chance that I was going to get carjacked on the way, and I lived 25 minutes from another target where there was a 1% chance that I was going to get carjacked, I would drive the 20 minutes pretty easily. I don't I don't mind having my head on a swivel and I have my head on a swivel a lot, but you know, when I'm bringing the kids around, I don't really want to have to worry about some carjacker coming up and I have to say, you can have the car, just let me unbuckle the kids in the back seat or anything. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to have to shoot somebody who's trying to carjack me either. I don't want to hurt the kids' ears. I don't want to hurt my own ears in an enclosed space. So you have this sort of stupidity where they go, well, if you get, get murder is up, but if you look past murder, other crimes are down. Oh, well, great. I, I'm pretty sure the people who are murdered don't really care about the fact that fewer homes are being burglarized, right? I don't think that the woman who is raped, rape is, if you ever exclude rape, the woman who is raped probably isn't going to take consolation in the fact that people breaking into cars is, is way down, way, way down relative to that. I mean, sure, sexual assault is up, but nobody is stealing the change from your ashtray, if cars even have ashtrays these days. It's just so stupid. People pick up on these things. People understand, oh, carjackings are a major problem. But if you remove carjackings, oh, all right. But we don't want to remove carjackings from the statistics. We want to stop carjackings. No, 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 no. If you look at the southern border, it's an absolute mess. It's an absolute disgrace. Democrats are now having difficulty ignoring that. They're now being forced to address it. They're being forced to deal with the reality of it. Not because NBC and CNN and MSNBC and ABC and CBS, not because they suddenly started covering the border crisis. They're covering the border crisis because they can no longer ignore the border crisis. Because people are demanding to know what's going on. People are pissed. Now they're shading it as this is okay, this is no big deal. But the American people understand that this is a problem, that we are being invaded, and the Democratic Party is welcoming them in. It's a part of the reason that both the establishments of both parties don't really want to stem the tide of illegal immigration, and it's because we have a pyramid scheme, a Ponzi scheme here in Social Security and Medicare. We do. And we don't have enough people to keep it going. We don't. Now, there aren't enough jobs, there certainly aren't enough high-paying jobs to keep that pyramid from collapsing on itself. But it, it was a story went in the Wall Street Journal the other, yesterday about well, people in their 70s are really they're, they're the biggest users of dating apps and they're all you know, ready to mingle the widows and widowers and the, the high divorce rate has produced an exorbitantly high number of people in their 70s who are DTF, man. They are, they're bored and they're single, and they're living the dream, and they're, they're just spending their time. They can. Social Security and Medicare have not collapsed yet. They are probably the baby boomers. They're probably the last generation to have a solvent Social Security and Medicare program. The rest of us are screwed, unless the 
change changes are made, say adding years, you can't retire until you're 70 or something like that. You can't qualify for Social Security until you're 70. You can't qualify for Medicare until you're 70. And then that will fix the problem for a little while. For a little while, then medicine will advance and people will live longer. And then they'll go, oh, gosh, we've got to make it 73 or whatever. Or our ruling class thinks that since we're not breeding fast enough, and we're not, our replacement rate needs to be like four to one rather than one to one or three to one rather than one to one. Um, then we can just import people. But by importing people, you're not just bringing in people. You're not just bringing in physical bodies to do the work, and pay the taxes. You're bringing in cultures. You're bringing in ideals. You're bringing in troubles, quite frankly. The immigration was so heavily regulated back in the days of Ellis Island. And Ellis Island was a choke point where they said, all right, we're going to control the flow because they knew you could let certain numbers of people in and then you had to slow this. You could only take in so many people at a time so that you might get them to acclimate, to assimilate. It's wildly important, assimilation. They don't do that anymore. Assimilation is now a four-letter word. It is akin to cultural genocide. It's a problem. You're a monster. And then you end up in situations where we have enclaves and soon we'll have no-go zones in this country. I'm going off on a wild tangent here, but you get the idea. There are cultural differences. There are some other cultures that are really good and have some good aspects to them. Every culture probably has some good aspects to them, but there are some cultures that do not respect women at all. There are some cultures that say you can sell a girl into sex slavery or marry her off at age six. There are a lot of Latin American cultures that do not respect women in any way, shape, or form. And you end up with a high volume of sexual assault from people. And you hear about it if you listen uh, in these quote-unquote immigrant communities. And uh, it's covered up by the media. Instead, you get to see sombreros and tacos and oversized guitars and everything's good. And it's just people wanting to come here to work. Well, what about the 12-year-old girl that that gang of guys just raped because it was perfectly allowed and, and acceptable as a part of their culture back in some little podunk village in some third world hellhole. Don't talk about that. It's racist to talk about that. Well, if you don't want to talk about it when it's happening, you know, 3,000 miles away or on the journey here, you're going to have to talk about it when it happens in your elementary school, when it happens in your junior high, when it happens in your high school, because you're not allowed to judge it. You can't point it out. Illegal alien crime is a real thing. You can tell it's a real thing by the fact that states refuse to keep track of it. States refuse to get statistics on crimes committed by illegal aliens versus crimes committed by citizens. If they aren't showing you what's going on, they're hiding from you what's going on. And they're not hiding anything from you because it's super good. Boy, you're going to be really excited about these numbers. Really? Yeah, you will. What are they? I'm not going to tell you. They're just so good, though. Just know that they're wonderful.
nobody, nobody functions that way. Anyway, that is, uh, that's 39 minutes. That's about enough for today, I say, as longer than I planned to go. But hey, what are you going to do? The mouth wants what the mouth wants. Have yourself an awesome Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday, and then we're on Christmas. Glory, glory. Have a great one. I'll see you tomorrow.